0: This is the Out of Character Podcast. Introducing your host, Brian.
1: Welcome, world, welcome to another episode of your favorite podcast, my favorite podcast, your mama's favorite podcast, the greatest podcast in the world, the Out of Character Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 33 of the Out of Character Podcast. As always, I am your host brian colbert my friends call me bc you can call me bc too if you're listening if you're listening we appreciate you for listening if you're a first-time listener welcome i hope you enjoy the show if you're a returning listener welcome back thank you for being here thank you for sticking with us thank you for riding with us for 33 episodes And ladies and gentlemen, three is my lucky number. So I have a feeling this is going to be an extra special episode. Speaking of extra special, Director Lex is in the building, holding things down, making sure everything is running smoothly. We got a lot to talk about. A lot has happened. A lot has happened since we last spoke. Ladies and gentlemen, as y'all know, as y'all might not know, I am one of the biggest Las Vegas Raiders fans on this planet. I haven't missed a game. Since I was probably in middle school. I've been to plenty. I grew up in Northern California, so I'm not just some type of bandwagon fan. And I'm definitely not a bandwagon fan because if you know anything about football, you know that the Raiders have been bad for a very, very long time. This year, we're looking all right. This year, we're winning some games. This year, we're looking like we might compete for at least a playoff spot. And let me tell y'all, that is rare for the Raiders. And ladies and gentlemen, I have to say I'm very happy about that. I'm very happy about the success that my team has achieved thus far. But I do not bring up the Raiders to talk about their success. I do not bring up the Raiders to gloat about how we've been kicking teams asses. Sadly, I bring up the Raiders because we have made headlines once again for things outside of football, for negative things outside of football. Ladies and gentlemen, right now the NFL is holding an investigation over the Washington football team, and through that, emails have surfaced from now ex-Raiders head coach John Gruden during his time at ESPN while he was a Disney employee. He was sending emails to Bruce Allen, who was a coach for the Washington football team at the time, and ladies and gentlemen, the contents of these emails got John Gruden in a world of trouble and you know when like a rich powerful white man gets in trouble he had to really really mess up so let me kind of break it down for you right so first thing we get these notifications i believe it's from adam shefter you know he's Schefter be dropping the gems and he lets us know that racist remarks were used in emails between john gruden and somebody else it didn't even say who it was so what john gruden had said in one of these emails he had mentioned Demore Smith, who is the executive director of the NFL Players Association. And it's a brother. It's a black man. And he said that his lips, he had michelin tire lips, is what he said, in an email. And this was, like I said, this was years ago. And he mentioned the brother's lips. Now, of course, when a white man mentions a brother's nose, a brother's lips, ain't basically anything physical about a brother. It usually... Sounds a little racist, right? And that, of course, sounds crazy. You talking about the brothers' lips saying they Michelin tire lips. That sounds wild. That sounds crazy. And the world let him have it, right? Twitter blew up. Instagram blew up. ESPN's talking about it. And they're saying, oh, my goodness, how could John Gruden do this? And you're getting players from all over saying different things. Some players are saying, you know what? I've known John Gruden in a long time. There is no way this guy is racist. And then you're getting other players that are saying, you know what? I've known John Gruden from Jump. Antonio Brown actually, two years ago, during all that scandal, actually told us. He said, John Gruden is a racist. And we looked at that brother like he was crazy. We said, oh, he has CT. He's been hitting the head one too many times. Antonio Brown is nuts. That black man is tripping. That's what everybody said. Now, fast forward two years, and these emails surface. Now, I'm not here to say whether or not John Gruden is a racist. From what I've heard about John Gruden, especially working at ESPN, I've worked with him, knowing ex-athletes, knowing players, I do not personally think John Gruden is necessarily a racist. Do I think those statements racially charged? Perhaps. Do I think he would have mentioned the white man's lips? Of course not, because they barely have lips. But what I do think is John Gruden did with a lot of these rich, powerful one percenters do is they say and do whatever they want. Because they feel as if there's no consequences to their words or their actions. And of course, this world has shown that to be true for the most part. And even in this instance, that showed to be true as well. Because even after these racist comments surfaced, even after this email came about, and John Gruden did come out, and apologize, he didn't. Say that it didn't happen. He said he didn't remember sending these emails, but that he regretted his decision to send those emails and that he was very sorry and that he wasn't making excuses. He did not deny that he had sent that email. He did, however, say that it was not racially charged and that he was just very upset because they were going through some type of collective bargaining agreement where the players and the coaches are trying to figure out money and the front office is trying to figure out money. And There's a lockout and players and coaches' jobs are in jeopardy. So John Gruden, rightfully so, was very upset. and He said that's why he used you know the lip comment but after all that ladies and gentlemen John Gruden still coached that Sunday he was still out on that field and let me tell you it felt nasty as a Raider fan that was watching that game and was rooting for us to win man it felt nasty the team just didn't seem locked in they seemed uninspired distracted maybe and rightfully so I mean I most of those people on the field are brothers, right? And if they're not brothers, they are close friends, if not feeling like brothers and family to these brothers. So clearly, there's going to be a lot of people that have something to say about this, that, have, that, that feel some type of way about this. And these brothers are expected to play a football game. And like I said, at this point, nothing could actually happen. There had been no action taken. So the Raiders go out there, they play, John Gruden coaches and they lose. And life continues. Or so it seems, because more emails surfaced a few days later. Now, these ones were a little different. Yes, they were offensive. Yes, they were bigoted. But these emails were homophobic and misogynistic. And one thing our society has told us is that those two things, those two bigotries, Outweigh every other bigotry That there is When somebody makes a homophobic comment We immediately Immediately Shut it down It's intolerable I don't care what the excuse is I don't care what you say Homophobia does not exist in this country We will not allow it That's our stance on it It's a non-negotiable Same with misogyny When we hear women are being mistreated when we hear somebody a man did something to a woman held her back kept her from making equal pay kept her from getting a job saying she didn't deserve a job those type of things non-negotiable the minute we hear somebody did that we cancel them immediately get them out of here And ladies and gentlemen, that same thing happened to John Gruden the minute news of these homophobic, misogynistic emails surfaced. We get notifications that John Gruden has withdrew his head coaching spot and will no longer be coaching the Raiders. He's out of there. He has resigned. He's quit. And he's gone. Just like that. The Raiders come out, they make a statement and say, you know what? We do not stand by these comments. We do not any in of this this is not what our organization stands for and ladies and gentlemen i can truly say if you do not know your history about the nfl please 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 look up what the raiders have done for black people and minorities in general in the nfl and it's not just it doesn't just start with us having the first openly gay player we do have the first openly gay player on our team carl nasser shout out to him man he's killing it he's having a great season and it seemed as if we welcomed him with open arms. We, we we loved him on the team and it seemed as if even Gruden was very happy to have him on the team. The Raiders for years have been pioneers for civil rights. The first organization to give a black man a head coaching job. That was the Raiders. That was Al Davis the first organization to draft a quarterback in the first round, a starting black quarterback in the first round. That was the Raiders. Imagine that. Imagine that decision right there. How that rubbed the rest of the league the wrong way. Because at this point, the league is all blue-collar white men, right? All white men. All quarterbacks are white, right? Black men were considered not smart enough to play the quarterback position. They were considered not equipped to lead teams. And imagine that right now. when We got Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, all these incredible black quarterbacks that we've seen. And the league was trying to keep that from happening. But you know what? Al Davis and the Raiders said, you know what? We don't care. We see the vision. We know if we want to win, we need to put the organization on the backs of black men. And that is what Al Davis did. And he stuck to it. Because like I said, black man was a head coach. Art Shell. Shout out Art Shell. The Raiders have constantly done great things. Not just for black people either. Amy Trask, look her up. She was a woman CEO for the Raiders. These are big things, especially in the NFL, because it's considered a boys club. So I just want to give you that background real quick because, like I said, these emails weren't sent from a Raiders account. Gruden was at Disney. He was at ESPN when he sent these emails. The Raiders were just the ones that had to deal with the backlash. But like I said, I feel like they dealt with it very, very well. Come out the following Sunday, get a great win, get an inspired win. They look like a whole new team, and things seem to be all good. But that's not why I bring this up. I bring this up to point out the fact That once again Racism Is not considered a non-negotiable Homophobia is Misogyny is We see it all the time But for some reason When black people are in danger Just doesn't seem to be as serious It doesn't seem to be as urgent Now is that because White people, white men, white women can be gay. White people can be women. But there's no way that white people can be black. Is that why? I don't know. Because even us, sometimes we find like ourselves as black people kind of shrugging off little subtle racism. Like, ah, it's not that big a deal. Ah, that's kind of funny. Maybe that's been programmed into us as well. Who knows? But I do think it's something worth mentioning. Because for some reason, some bigotries outweigh others. And I'm not here to say that, oh, it's misogyny and homophobia are okay. That's not what I'm saying at all. Everything I'm talking about, every bigotry is egregious. It should be treated as such. If he was going to resign for doing the wrong thing, he should have resigned immediately when those racist comments come out. But he was able to backtrack that. He was able to walk that out. Oh, I didn't really mean it like that. Oh, y'all being a little sensitive. Ah, uh, that was misconstrued. But these things John Gruden was saying, in these emails with the misogyny and the homophobia, those things could not be misconstrued. He said women should not be referees. He called Commissioner Goodell the F word. He actually used homophobic slurs to talk about a lot of people in the NFL, and people that he didn't agree with. Michael Sam was a college player that had came out and tried to join the draft and wanted to join in the NFL, and Gruden had some thoughts about that. Gruden had some thoughts about Eric Reed, somebody that kneeled with Kaepernick. All of these are in these emails. Now, I can truly say for these emails to come out the way they did, this had to have been a hit job, right? Somebody had to have been looking out for Gruden. But so what? You dude, Dirt, is eventually going to come out, bro. So I don't know who he made mad, but clearly they wanted him gone, and that's what happened. But he was still able to coach a game after racist comments came about. And to me, I think it's a problem. And to me, I think when people see things like that, when different minority groups see things like that, it could cause a divide. Because even right now, somebody could be listening to me and be saying, you know what? So what? So what, Brian? Homophobia, misogyny, those are terrible things. And he should have resigned. And if you're thinking that right now while you're listening, you know what? You're correct. Yes, he should have. Those are terrible things. I'm not arguing that. All I'm saying is that racism is just as terrible. I'm not here to say what's worse. But I do know only one minority group went through slavery. And only one minority group Got ripped from their homes and brought somewhere To a place that was foreign to them I know one minority group Who's had its culture Ripped from them Or at least tried to because you know Our culture's strong boy. we gonna find a way But they tried it They tried to rip our culture, our religion, our beliefs And they have, they succeeded in a lot of parts So all I'm saying Is I think black folks Deserve just as much love as these other minorities we need to be taken seriously. I still hear to this day people say, oh, black lives matter. That's such a stupid slogan. Of course y'all lives matter. Of course y'all lives matter. You don't know that your life matters. Your life has always mattered. We say that to y'all because of things like this. We know our lives matter. We're trying to remind y'all. We're trying to remind y'all that we're human beings just like the rest of y'all. Our women, our women... Just like the rest of y'all women That's all we're trying to let y'all know And things like this Constantly remind us Of all the issues and problems That we have and that we face And like I said it actually Could cause a divide sometimes And it could cause certain minority groups to Butt heads And maybe that's by design as well Because of course we're stronger together of course, we're stronger together, but that that's not good. That's not good because all of a sudden, we become the majority when we come together, right? And with the conversation about minority groups butting heads, it leads me to my next topic. As y'all know, I am a big fan of stand-up comedy. I'm a big fan of comedy in general. Of course, out-of-character wouldn't exist if I didn't love comedy. And one of the greatest to ever do it. Actually, the greatest to ever do it, in my opinion. You know, I wasn't really old enough to really experience Richard Pryor. Not even really Eddie Murphy like that. I wasn't old enough for that. I kind of started with the Bernie Max and the Martin Lourdes and things like that when I really got into comedy. So for me, my comedic goal has been and always will be Dave Chappelle. And that is mostly because Dave Chappelle has always found a way to talk about the most serious and uncomfortable Topics in his stand ups while still being hilarious, while still being eloquent, and while really doing it in a way that is more playful and fun and not angry or hateful, like maybe some stand up comics come off as. So I've always appreciated Dave Chappelle. His early 90s stand ups talked about how black people were mistreated, talked about a lot of things that we still see today. Talk about police brutality. And he's somebody I've always followed and always really, really admired because in order to be that level of greatness, in order for that many people in the world to love, you clearly had to have hit another level of success and work ethic. So I've always, always appreciated guys like Dave Chappelle, much like I feel like Kevin Hart. That work ethic, that grind, that GOAT status is just different with them. And Dave Chappelle has been catching fire, honestly, the past few years. Ever since he started this Netflix deal, he's been making these stand-ups, right? And these stand-ups seem to really, really focus and center around transgender jokes and LGBTQ community-centered jokes. And I don't truly think that Dave Chappelle's doing it because he has an issue. And I think he said it hundreds of times that he has no issue with the LGBTQ community. He has no issue with transgender people. But one thing that seemed to have happened when he started making these transgender jokes, because these are things that we don't hear. Like we talked about earlier, homophobia is non-negotiable. There's certain topics that we just tell ourselves we are not allowed to touch. There are certain things that we just don't say. Ten years ago, we called everything gay. Now, if you even say that word, people kind of like cringe. And rightfully so, because... Gay people, trans people, all have dealt with some pretty outrageous things for generations, right? Not being accepted, not being able to be who they were born to be or how they want to be. And so when Dave Chappelle started making these, these jokes, the LGBT community went crazy. They went crazy and they have been up in arms for years about Dave Chappelle. Saying, Netflix, take these stand-ups down. These aren't funny. These are hurtful. And Dave Chappelle, much like most comedians would do, he's going to keep going. Y'all just giving him more ammo. Oh, y'all upset. Oh, y'all angry. Oh, y'all hear me? Oh, okay. Well, let's keep going then. Let's see how far we can go. And that's what Dave Chappelle has done. And like I said, I do truly feel he has done it tastefully for the most part. But as his stand-ups have continued, it seems as if he has told this story. So Dave Chappelle comes out with this brand new stand-up on Netflix called The Closer. And, of course, the minute it drops, everybody goes to watch it. And immediately people are outraged right away because immediately he goes in on some very, very serious, crazy topics that you really don't hear people talk about. And he's making some some wild, wild jokes. And he even says it to start the stand-up like, hey, listen, y'all going to be mad at me. Y'all going to be furious at me. And he even says it to start. He says, I am done with stand-up after this. I am done with this because y'all are the worst. Y'all don't let me say what I want to say. Y'all are constantly attacking me. And he starts to just tell the story, much like Dave Chappelle does. It seems as if these random stories or these random jokes seem to all come together to tell a story. And that's what he begins to do. And before I go any further, I want you guys to just hear a clip from his standup. Just you kind of understand the type of jokes he was making and kind of why people were uncomfortable with what he was saying.
2: They've canceled people that are more Powerful than me. They canceled J.K. Rowling. My God, J.K. Rowling wrote all the Harry Potter books by herself. <laughs> she sold so many books, of Bible worries about her. <laughs> and they canceled her because she said in an interview, and this is not exactly what she said, but effectually, she said, gender was a fact. And then the trans community got mad as shit. They started calling her a turf. I didn't even know what the f- that was but i know that trans people make up words to win arguments (laughs) so i looked it up turf is an acronym stands for trans exclusionary radical feminist this is a real thing this is a group of women that hate transgender they don't hate transgender women but they look at trans women the way we blacks might look at blackface it offends them like this bitch is doing an impression of me you have to look at it from a woman's perspective Look at it like this Caitlyn Jenner, whom I've met Wonderful person Caitlyn Jenner was voted Woman of the year Her first year as a woman Ain't that something? Beat every bitch in Detroit She's better than all of you And
1: as you hear, De Chappelle talks about Cancel culture And them trying to cancel him And cancel other members of society For believing what they believe in He talks about them trying to cancel him and how he cannot be canceled. And I truly actually, let me say that real quick. Let me talk for the black king. He cannot be canceled. Dave Chappelle walked away from $50 million, all for the culture. $50 million. I wouldn't do that. You wouldn't do that. And if you say you would do that, you're a liar. But he did that. He managed to stop his career while he was hotter than the sun. Step back, go away, leave the game, then randomly show back up and take over, if not more than what he was doing before. He's made that 50 million five times over. And now he's gotten to the point of his life and his career where he you know what he can he can say whatever he wants. And I truly feel that. I truly feel that. I feel that a guy like Dave Chappelle is uncancelable. I truly do. Especially from our culture. Because he has constantly spoken up for us. He has constantly put black people and his morals first. And to me, that's not something we see a lot from any of our GOATs. From any of our people that have that much to lose. And he has a lot to lose. He has a huge brand. He has a team. He has people. He has family. He has kids that are counting on him. That $50 million could have changed his Family's life forever. We talk about generational wealth all the time. $50 million. But he didn't want to sell a soul. So we can't cancel a guy like that. So let me just say that right off the bat. We can't cancel guys like that. And I feel that's why Dave Chappelle is so angry. And he even goes a little further. Because he's trying to make the point that I made earlier. That for some reason, we are more sensitive things like homophobia that we are other things in our society and he doesn't just talk about race either
2: he also mentions the baby and i'm gonna let you hear that now the baby was the number one streaming artist until about a couple weeks ago <laughs> he took a nasty spill on stage and said some uh said some wild stuff about the lbgtq community uh during a concert in florida uh, now, you know, I go hard in the paint, but even I saw that shit was like, God damn the baby. <laughs> Ooh, he pushed the button, didn't he? He pushed the button. Punched the LBGTQ community right in the AIDS. Can't do that. Can't do that. But I do believe, and I'll I'll make this point later, that that the kid made a, a very egregious mistake. I will acknowledge that. But, you know, a lot of the LBGTQ community doesn't know the baby's history. He's a wild guy. He once shot a nigga and killed him in Walmart. Oh, this is true, Google it. The baby shot and killed a nigga in Walmart in North Carolina. Nothing bad happened to his career. <laughs> do you see where I'm going with this? <laughs> In our country, you can shoot and kill a nigga, but you better not hurt a gay person's feelings.
1: Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you do not know what Dave Chappelle is referring to when talking about the baby, a few months ago, the baby was doing a concert and said some just super disrespectful things about gay people and about them having like aids and about like just just things that i don't even want to repeat and he said some wild things and when he did it he got canceled immediately he lost shows he lost money he lost endorsements people took him off of their albums because like we said homophobia is a non-negotiable but as dave chappelle so eloquently pointed out things like murder aren't considered non-negotiable in the hip hop community, we kind of cha- champion that, right? We be listening to the killing of the, all the all the trap and all that stuff. We we champion that kind of stuff, but things like homophobia are non-negotiables. And like I was saying, I don't think Dave Chappelle is saying that homophobia is okay. That saying things like that are okay. I just think he's trying to make a point and point out something. And we point these things out Not to hurt anybody's feelings Not to take away from any struggle Because everybody does have a struggle We point these things out Much like we do things like say Black Lives Matter Because we want to remind y'all That don't get it The things we constantly face and see I would love For racism to be a non-negotiable Like misogyny or homophobia I would love that I would love for the world to cringe when even the slightest sign of racism appears to them. I would love that. Why does it happen? I have no idea. So Dave Chappelle continues his stand-up. And at this point, I'm sure anybody that would be very outraged by all of these crazy jokes he's saying already stopped listening, right? Because they don't want to support that. They don't want to hear any more of that filth. But Dave Chappelle continues... But tell a story about a transgender friend that he had. Somebody that was a comedian that he actually met while on the road while doing these shows. A transgender person that actually approached him and confronted him about his jokes. And somebody that he was able to have a conversation with and show that, hey, I'm not a hateful person. And this person became his friend. Not only did she become his friend, but she also was able to do a show with him she was able to open for him because that's just the kind of guy Dave Chappelle is he's a great guy he's a friendly guy right he's not a hateful person he tells y'all that I'm not being hateful I'm a comedian I tell jokes that's what I do that's what he says right and so he has this close friend this transgender friend and she stands by Dave Chappelle because like I said she sees that he's not a bad guy she sees the love that he has for her and his other friends and his family she's close to him now she sees him she's around She's getting opportunities now because of Dave Chappelle. So what she does is she stands by him. She talks about him in her show. She talks about him on social media. And what happens is the transgender and the LGBTQ community apparently turn their backs on her. Apparently they shun her. Apparently they threaten her. Don't allow her at certain functions. She becomes an outcast. And, ladies and gentlemen, if you've ever been shunned, if you've ever been looked down at by your peers, by your friends, at any age, you know that's devastating. At any age, you know that takes a mental toll. And because of her relationship with Dave Chappelle, she seemingly lost everything, or at least that's how she felt. Because not long after, the comments, the torment, The shunning became too much to bear and the young lady took her life. She couldn't handle it anymore. She couldn't deal with it. It was too much. Her love for Dave Chappelle and the man that had opened so many doors for her was a non-negotiable to her. And instead of turning her back on a man that she knew wasn't hateful, that she knew meant no harm, because she could have. She could have easily turned her back on him. It might have been easier. She would have been welcomed back. She had already done the shows, right? She had already got her a little fame. She didn't need nothing else from him. But she chose loyalty to Dave Chappelle. Because she knew what he stood for. And her community. Instead of standing beside her. Instead of saying, huh. Maybe he isn't that bad. Maybe we're onto something. They decided to make her an outcast. And turn their backs on her. And because of that. She is no longer with us. And ladies and gentlemen, Dave Chappelle shares this story with us to end his show. And somehow, these years of jokes, these years of specials begin to make sense. Dave Chappelle had been trying to tell us a story. He had been trying to show us a very ugly part of our society. A lot of us stand on our high horses A lot of us pick and choose when we want to use our moral compasses. A lot of us will say, you can't say that, you can't do that. But when it comes to our own actions in our own lives, we decide not to implement those same values we hold on others. Those same expectations. And like any great storyteller, like any great wordsmith, Like any great comedian, and I think Dave Chappelle is all of those things. He found a way to make jokes, make outrage, evoke emotion. While not only telling a story full circle, but while also honoring the memory of somebody he cared a lot about. And I do truly feel he made these jokes and told this story. I'm sorry. And I do truly feel he made these jokes and made these specials to tell this story. To point out this ugly fact about our society. That things just seem to be off balance. Things just seem to be off balance. We sit on Twitter. We sit on Instagram. And we tell these celebrities and these athletes what to do constantly. We hold them to a different standard than we hold ourselves. Than we hold our friends. Than we hold our significant others. We treat them as if they're superhuman, as if because they have become masters at their craft, because they are professionals that make millions and millions of dollars, that they have to live to different societal standards than us regular humans, than us regular beings, than us mere mortals. And that's what people are doing to Dave Chappelle. He's a comedian, guys. He's a comedian. Jokes are just jokes. Yes, some may be distasteful to you. If that's the case, then don't listen. Then don't click on that stand-up special. But if you're going to listen to a Louis C.K., if you're going to listen to a Dave Chappelle, if you're going to listen to a Bernie Mac, you have to know what you're getting yourself into, right? You have to know the way these guys decide to tell their comedy. But you also have to have a respect for the art and understand that there is no malice There is no ill will. This is just another level of expression and art. But because these people are famous comedians, we hold them to a different standard. Dave Chappelle brought up Kevin Hart. And how Kevin Hart dreamed his whole life, his whole life to host the Oscars. It was something he wanted to do. It was the number one thing on his bucket list. He used to dream about it as a poor young brother in Philly. And we all know, all the dreamers at least know, those type of dreams, they keep you going. They get you through all those hard times. They get you through the struggle. And let me tell you, when you're a dream chaser, there's always gonna be a struggle. And what happened when this black king finally earned that opportunity? finally jumped over every single obstacle and hurdle that was in front of him to achieve that goal. And it was taken from him immediately. For jokes that were a decade old and were they distasteful, of course. But at that time, they weren't. Comedians all over were saying things like that. But once again, this day and age, Homophobia is a non-negotiable. Even something that happened years ago. Imagine if I held against you something that you did 10 years ago. 10 years ago. If you're 50, you were 40. If you're 40, you were 30. If you're 20, you were younger than a teenager 10 years ago. Do you want to be held accountable for the things you said? But, like I said, non-negotiable. And there's nothing wrong, let me say it again, there's nothing wrong with homophobia being a non-negotiable, but why is not racism? We've seen comedians make jokes about the N-word. Jerry Seinfeld sat with Chris Rock and laughed about how much they say the N-word. Nobody cares.
2: White people are rich, they're just rich forever and ever, even their <laughs> kids are rich, yeah. but when a black guy gets rich, it's countdown to when he's poor again. <laughs> yeah, <yeah.
0: But> <laughs> he's the blackest white guy I Whoa. fucking know. <laughs>
2: and in and all the, the negative things we think about black people, this fucker... You're saying I'm a nigger. Yes, you are the niggerest fucking
0: white <laughs> man I have ever...
2: Oh, oh I, I don't think he he could do that. Oh. Wait. Oh. I, I don't think he has those There's only two I, 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 I mean no not, you don't even understand. Really? You don't you don't really know him like you I've worked with you, him. No like you're bit about no. Uh, no. I wouldn't use it anywhere. No exactly. These two these two we say that. nigger on stage. <laughs> on stage. <laughs> you guys don't. That's a, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, that's interesting the two teams. difference between yeah. That's right. That's right. We say nigger on stage you guys. But that's definitely a pairing. Who, who we says say, nigger on stage? We don't. Well, you just you did. Yeah, that's he, right. Uh, yeah. I, you and me say no, nigger no, in not, private. No, no. These, two guys, <laughs> these two guys don't. I don't believe he says it in private I've given
0: it up just because it's played. I don't believe right? it's yeah.
2: I don't think you've ever said it probably in your life. No, I don't think, no. No. Yeah, that's the that's, that, huge difference between you and me, I think. Well, you found the humor of it. Yeah. I haven't found it. Right. Do you Nor know do that. I seek it. Right I mean, now. so oh, <laughs> find
0: a way, find a way. Can I squeeze? Some you know what, comedy, though, Jerry,
2: all of a sudden having a great nigger bit would be pretty amazing. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it would be amazing. Oh, it'd be, amazing. <laughs> oh, it'd be amazing. amazing. Because he retired it. Yeah. He retired it. No, he in, did. In '96. Yeah. I'm, I'm done with. It. Yeah. Anytime you come even close to cursing people, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: Seinfeld isn't canceled. They haven't taken any of his shows off the air. And luckily, ladies and gentlemen, Dave Chappelle's. Stand-ups were not taken off. Netflix stood beside him. Netflix understood where he was coming from. And honestly, let's be honest. Netflix is making money off of this controversy. All press is good press, right? So this controversy is making numbers for Netflix. But like we like to do, we hold our celebrities to a different standard. Take that down. Dave Chappelle shouldn't be allowed to do this. He shouldn't be allowed to say this, blah, blah. He shouldn't be allowed to have opinions on anything. But yet us everyday people, us 9 to fivers are allowed to say and do and feel whatever the hell we want. And we're seeing it everywhere, ladies and gentlemen. Because last episode we talked about Kyrie Irving. We talked about how he's missing practices because he supposedly refuses to get the vaccine. Now, we don't know if he's an anti-vaxxer. He has never once said that he is an anti-vaxxer. All we know is that he is not presently with the Nets and that he is trying to take a stand right and we spoke about last episode how people are outraged because Kyrie shouldn't be allowed to not get the vaccine just get it you have fans you have kids that look up to you get the vaccine and we talked about how people just refuse to mind their own business how people refuse to follow moral codes that we instilled years ago there are just certain things that we just aren't supposed to talk about there are certain things that are supposed to be sacred Politics, medical history, even sexual orientation, all of these things were considered stuff that people respected, were things that people knew, yo, you know what, I'm not going to cross that boundary, but these days in the social media era, there seems to be no boundaries at all, and ladies and gentlemen, because we talked about Kyrie Irving, I want you all to hear what he had to say, because he actually had to speak up. This brother had to come out and explain himself after I played y'all the audio where he said, I don't want to talk about this. But because of how society is, because of all the people that are counting on him and depending on him, he felt he had to speak up. Here's what the brother had to say.
0: I'm a human being. I have emotions. I have feelings. I have thoughts. uh, Things that I keep to myself, things that I share. uh, But I'm staying grounded in what I believe in. It's just as simple as that. It's not about being anti-vax or about being, uh, you know, on one side or the other. Like, it's just really about being true to what feels good for me. Uh, you know, I'm still uncertain about a lot of things that, and that's okay. You know, if I'm going to be demonized for having more questions and taking my time to make a decision with my life, then that's just what it is. You know, like that's that's something I gotta sit in. You know, I know the consequences of the decisions I make with my life. You know, I'm not here to sugarcoat any of that. But if if we really gonna be real, like it it's crazy times we're in. It's crazy times. Like, how many people are really thinking with with a with a balance with a balanced view? You know, how many people are really think thinking about the future of what's going on? It's crazy times we're in. We just came out of one of the craziest Pandemics of all time and you telling me to think rationally. How many people are really thinking rationally? You I'm not the focus here. You know what I mean? I got on here to, to really show that like I'm real enough to stand up when I feel like I'm being put in a in a effed up position. You know, like I'm I'm not even that I haven't hurt anybody. I haven't committed a crime. I'm not out here acting dumb, stupid. I'm out here taking care of my family, my kids. I'm out here putting on for the youngins. I'm out here trying to create a legacy that lasts a lifetime, you know, like multiple lifetimes. And if if I'm being called out on what I'm doing with my life and I'm just living righteously and I'm living for me and I'm living for the people that love me and support me, you know, how is it that I have to be, you know, at odds with, with everybody or people are coming at me? You know, like I had to really sit back and think about this and meditate and pray and ask God for the words to come on here because like this this is not normal you know what i mean like this is not normal what's going on this is not normal and i'm not going to get too emotional here either i'm just thinking with my logic you know i'm just i'm just thinking for all those that are dealing with similar things that i'm dealing with you know you got to put your livelihood on the line in order for a mandate that you don't necessarily agree with all the way. Like, nobody should be forced to do anything with their bodies. Nobody should be forced to do anything with their bodies. Like, you only get one of these. If you choose to get a vaccine, I support you. If you choose to be unvaccinated, I support you. Do what's best for you. But that doesn't mean go around and start judging people for what they're doing with their lives. You know, like, I continue to serve others. I'm gonna continue to be me I'm going to continue to be there for people that that need the resources, that need the information or need access to different things. You know, it's 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 big fights out here for social issues. You know, we still got racism going on. We still got violence going on. We still got social injustice going on. And to process all that and still go out there and entertain, it's not the easiest job. You know, like I'm I'm human. I feel all these things. I I don't Just go home and just be thinking about ball all the time. Like, that's not reality. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's really not reality. If you go home and you only thinking about your, your entertainment or your job or, or, or what's, what's, what you gotta handle, you know, like the reality is that if you truly connected to the source, to the creator, you're gonna care about others sometimes more than you care about yourself. You know, I, I love, love just people helping one another. That's always gonna be me, right? That's all some people don't feel the same way and that's all good. I'm not here to I'm not here to go back and forth about that. But to continue to to play with my name, (laughs) you know, to continue to play with my image, complain continue to paint me in a certain type of way without me speaking, like these dudes are puppets. Like come on, like you going on TV speaking about stuff that, you know, my family has to see. You know, my friends have to see, like supporters have to see, and then I have to come on here and address all this in a certain type of manner because it has to come authentically. You know, like it can't come with a script. These dudes read off, read off scripts. You know, they calling me unintelligent, calling me all these different types of names and they will never say it to my face. They will never, ever come up to me in person and say that type shit to my face. Ever. Fans, anybody, like anybody come up and say that to my face, like because they know what I stand for. I stand for so many things bigger than this game and right now it's not just about the game of basketball it's about helping your fellow human being understand that they have a choice. You know, if if you're staying safe, you following covid protocols, you wearing a mask and you're unvaccinated or you're vaccinated, you know, like that's that's on you. Like you should stand on that, but that doesn't mean going out and advocating for things for other people to do with their lives. Like you can't be on both sides. You can't be like, "Yo, I'm gonna do this and no, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do this." Now make a choice. Like stand with everybody. It's it's all good. <laughs> it's all good if if you at peace, you know, with the world. But I'm not gonna continue to to be at odds with myself and my own beliefs and what I stand on because it's not agreeable or or people don't see it as the right choice to me.
1: Now, when I first heard that audio, I was just very very sad because. I'm listening to and I'm watching a brother have to explain why he's reluctant to put something in his own body and beg us, beg us to respect his privacy and to just be decent. These are things, these are like the minimum things we're supposed to do as society, right? These are like the minimum decencies we owe to people, even strangers, but for some reason, with people, with but for some reason, with celebrities, especially people like Kyrie, because certain ones get it a lot worse than others, right? Certain ones get it really bad. For some reason, we just hold them to a whole nother standard. And let me tell y'all, for years now, especially the last week or so with all this COVID stuff, I have seen some of the most outrageous things said about Kyrie. I have seen other grown men get on television, get on social media, and say things about this other grown man that really just cross a ton of lines. At least lines that used to be laid, because these days, common decency, respect doesn't seem like a non-negotiable. Privacy is definitely not a non-negotiable, especially if you're a celebrity. Nothing's allowed to be private. Everything has to be front and center. I've heard people call for Kyrie's job. Say this brother doesn't deserve a job. Saying this brother should be fired. He should be fined. They should take money out of his pockets. Out of his family's pockets. Grown men are saying this about another grown man. That they don't even know. That they've never met. That if they saw face to face in the street. Would probably never even dare say things like that. That would never say things like that to just an everyday person. Because it would be considered a violation. It would be, it would be considered outrageous. Let me tell y'all some things that Kyrie Irving as a man has done. Kyrie Irving bought George Floyd's mama house. Not because he had to, not because it was part of a TV show. He just did it. Didn't even tell nobody about it. We found out through other sources. He just did it because it was the right thing to do. Kyrie Irving has put HBCU students through schools, has paid for that, has bought 200 plus kids Christmas presents and that's probably every year donated 1.5 million dollars to WNBA players because they are underpaid didn't have to do that 1.5 million some of us will never see that in our lifetime he donated it got nothing in return for it maybe a tax write off and we're calling him selfish calling him dumb idiotic Questioning his manhood Some people are saying this is all a gimmick And all he's trying to say Is he wants to stand up for what he believes in What's right And he's not wrong It is wild For a job A place of employment To tell you what to put in your body That is outrageous That's crazy Now, if you do get a vaccine because your job told you, hey, I feel you. Hey, listen, you got to eat. You got to make your money. Listen, all of us ain't millionaires. All of us don't got heavy savings. Get it how you live. I'm not judging anybody for that. But at one point in time, things like that were considered a non-negotiable. But not anymore. Now, everybody in their mama feels like they can say what this grown man can put into his body and what he is supposed to do. And it's really none of our business. Just like it's none of our business who a gay person chooses to love. Just like it's none of our business what gender a trans person decides they are. It's none of our business. But we, as a society, feel like we can say and do whatever we want, especially when it comes to celebrities. And all Kyrie is doing is trying to make a difference like he has done since being in the league. This brother doesn't care about basketball. And I don't say that as an indictment to him. Shout out to the brother. Just like Dave Chappelle, he has a lot to lose. But I respect this brother for being a man that stands in his convictions. And that has nothing to do with what I feel about getting vaccinated, people that are vaccinated, people that aren't. I still stand on the side was, you do what you feel is best for you. If you're a man, if you're a woman, you do what's best for you. And I feel that in all aspects of life. You sleep with who you feel is best for you to sleep with. You support who and what you think you need to support. But don't twist your face at the next person for doing that same thing and just following what they believe in. I always mention this and always think it's funny because everybody gave Kyrie Irving this this terrible time about his views on the earth. And he made like a kind of funny comment saying that he doesn't think the earth is round, that he thinks the earth is flat, right? He makes this funny comment. And all people tore this brother up for thinking that. And they went crazy. Oh, how can you think that? You've seen pictures of a globe. You've seen pictures from space. You've seen all this stuff. Blah, blah, blah. How in the world could anybody think the Earth is flat? You're an idiot. What about science? But the whole time I'm reading this and I'm thinking, have you ever been to space? Have you ever physically been outside of Earth's atmosphere, looked down and seen a round globe? No So All you're doing Is taking what you read What you learned From somebody else And you use that To form an opinion That's exactly what Kyrie probably did When he said The earth is flat right And just like Kyrie can't prove That the earth is flat Neither can you If you're not an astronaut Or one of those Five white people That got sent up to space The other day You have no idea what the earth looks like and surprise surprise people we get lied to all the time columbus day was just the other day and that was a whole bunch of lies we know all that bs was lies they even say the first moon landing could be a lie we don't know what the truth is so i don't understand how people could be so arrogant about things when y'all really don't know what's going on none of us do none of us do we all guessing here We all using our moral compass to navigate this crazy thing called life. And don't nobody really, really know the answers to the truth until it's all over. And we don't even know what happens when it's all over. So how can anything in this world be definite? When there is so much about this world, this galaxy, this universe that we know nothing about. People roll their eyes and judge people that believe in aliens. None of us can prove that aliens do or don't exist, right? But we sit here with so much moxie and so much gumption and just believe these things that have been told to us for years without ever second-guessing anything. And to me, that's very dangerous, people, especially in today's society. Look at the things that are happening around us. Things aren't a little strange. You don't want to question certain things. Certain things don't seem right to you. If you could truly look at me and tell me that things about our society and things about history and things about our world just aren't a little off and a little strange. I feel like you might need to read some more books. You might need to do a little more digging. And yes, ignorance is bliss. And I understand a lot of people live in a shell. And a lot of people could care less about what's going on because they're just trying to work their nine to fives and make it home and cook dinner for their families. I get it. Life is tough. But just don't. Go about your way to try to judge another person for doing the same thing, just in a different way. Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 33. Episode 33 of the Out of Character Podcast. As always, I am grateful to be your host. I am Brian Colbert. My friends call me BC. You can call me BC too if you're listening. If you're listening, we appreciate you for listening. If you're a first-time listener, Welcome. We hope you've enjoyed thus far. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. We know you enjoyed because we know this is your favorite podcast out. Because we're always here to look out for you, ladies and gentlemen. We at Out of Character are always here to look out for you. And so are our sponsors over at Audible. Ladies and gentlemen, Audible is offering you a free month of their premium subscription. Thanks to their sponsorship with Out of Character. They're looking out for our Out of Character family, baby. They're looking out for us. And let me tell y'all, this Audible premium subscription is everything. Because it's not just audiobooks, people. There's all kinds of things on there. There's memoirs. There's comedy specials. You know how much I love comedy. And there's podcasts. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, your favorite podcast, your mama's favorite podcast, the Out of Character podcast is on Audible. So if you want this free month, because like I said, baby, it's free. I wouldn't lie to you. It's free. All you got to do is go to www.audibletrial.com slash T-H-E-O-O-C-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. That's www.audibletrial.com slash the O-O-C podcast. That's T-H-E-O-O-C podcast. P-O-D-C-A-S-T. For your free month's subscription. Shout out to our people at Audible. They've been rocking with us for a long time. And they're constantly hitting us up for new things. We're on Amazon Music right now. Shout out to Amazon Music. More and more places are hitting us up, man. We on iHeart now. We on Google Play. We're on all kinds of different platforms. And we're trying to continue to bring you content. Man, I got some great ideas. Let me tell you, I got some great ideas for Out of Character. I don't want to be the only podcast on the Out of Character Network. I want to grow. I want to expand. I want to give other people an opportunity to do the things I love to do as well, and that is create content. So be on the lookout for that. And shout out to Audible for allowing us to continue to do this stuff and for sponsoring us and for believing in us from Jump. And shout out to y'all for believing in us from Jump, ladies and gentlemen. And we're almost done. It's been a long show. I know we've been very serious, but there were some things I had to get off my chest. There were some things that we had to talk about. You know, I'm all about moving the culture forward. But ladies and gentlemen, as we've discussed in previous episodes, sometimes things come across my desk in the Out of Character Studio that are so egregious, we have to discuss it. And if you're not really too big into social media, if you're not really too big into trends, something that's been going on like the last few weeks is this red flag trend where people will tweet or post something that is a red flag. Whether it's in dating, whether it's in friendships, whether it's in work, they'll put a quote and then put red flags around it. I'm going to give you some examples. I'm going to read to you some of the red flags that these people have come across in their life. And let me tell you all, ladies and gentlemen, they are a doozy. And also, I'm going to be very candid with you all. I have not read all of these. I have. This is like random, random ones. So we're going to react to these together. So like I said, they put things in quotes, right? And if somebody says this thing, this is supposed to be considered... A red flag. Quote, man, all right, believe what you want to believe. Now, women try to say that men get that line off all the time when they don't want to explain themselves, right? I'm not going to confirm or deny that. I personally would never say such a thing. I don't even mess with her like that. She's just doing that to make you mad. Red flag. DMing me my picture with hard eyes instead of commenting. Red flag. Now, ladies, you know what? I think that's a little unfair. Because as men, we don't know what y'all got going on in y'all lives. We don't know y'all could have men in the tuck. We know y'all like to hide y'all men. So why would we comment hard eyes and all this kind of stuff on your post and be all hot about it? We're not trying to blow up your spot. We know y'all got hoes just like we got hoes. So we don't want to be too crazy. Now, if we DM you with the hard eyes and you respond accordingly, maybe the next pick will get a public comment. But we sometimes got to check the temperature. Because in these days... Anything can happen, right? So we just trying to be cool. We trying to keep things safe. We not trying to break up happy homes. I'll continue. When he says, love you without the I. Now, I have heard this before. This has been said to me before. To me, that just sounds ridiculous. Because, I don't know. Sometimes I just don't say I. Sometimes I'm just trying to get the word out real quick. I got things to do. And maybe that's the issue women have with it. It's like, there's not a lot of thought behind it. But at least I'm saying love you. At least I'm saying that. You know how many women wish they heard love you? But, of course, women are never grateful for anything. I'll continue. When a woman comments, brother with hard eyes on her man's pit. Now, to me, this is also unfair, ladies. Because sometimes we are big bro. Sometimes we are big bro. Sometimes we have looked out for these women in ways that go beyond sex, that go beyond anything physical. We have just been there for them. I've been big bro for plenty of women. For plenty of lost souls i've helped guide them to the promised land and there was nothing physically involved i was just big bro i'll continue when she says you're gonna hate me sad face now, this is one I could stand behind, damn it, because every brother knows when she says you going to hate me, she about to feed you the nastiest, laziest lie on earth to why she could not link up with you or do the thing that she previously said she was going to do. Women are notorious for this. Y'all are notorious for this. And the thing is, what makes it even nastier is that y'all all do the same thing. And we all know y'all do it, but y'all still do it. Like, it's not even something that y'all try to, like, hide. It's like y'all want us to know y'all didn't want to kick it. It's disrespectful. I'll continue. When she says, it's because Mercury is in retrograde. Now, if you're listening to this and have any type of sense, you said, what the hell is Mercury retrograde? Let me tell y'all, I've heard about it a bunch. To this day, I don't know what the hell it is. But it is something that all toxic women blame all of their bad habits on. Oh... I had a bad day today because of Mercury was in retrograde. Oh, I was late to work because Mercury was in retrograde. Oh, I cheated on you with your brother because Mercury was in retrograde. Oh, I yelled at you for no reason and went on a frantic rant because of Mercury was in retrograde. These are the things we hear from these crazy, psychotic, toxic women. Another thing I can stand behind and another thing I will truly say is a red flag. I'll continue. When he says, I don't even fuck with my baby mama, we just live together. Ladies and gentlemen, certain things really are red flags. Certain things really are something where the minute you hear it, get the hell out of there. Get the hell out of there. I will truly say that. And yes, women, y'all might hear more than us. And these are one of those things. If he lives with his baby moms, but it's in your DMs, texting you, trying to kick it, trying to hang out, that brother is no good i'm gonna tell you right now no man lives with his baby mama he ain't hitting it some of the time i promise you because even women need it sometimes and you think a woman's gonna go out and get some strange when the that got her pregnant is right in the same house you don't think this brother got some type of curfew you really think he can come in and out the house when he live with his baby mom's You really want to come over for pasta and his baby moms in the other room watching Real Housewives of Atlanta? You know how them reality shows get them worked up. You want to be in that situation? Ladies, some things are red flags. And reading this one right here, y'all know I love to tell stories. Y'all know I love to tell stories. Y'all know I love to tell stories about people that I care about and people I know. And honestly, I have a doozy for y'all of something that's just like endless amount of red flags. I'm talking to one of my homegirls, I'm talking to one of my homegirls, and I can truly say this sister has been searching for love quite a long time, she is a single mother, her baby father isn't really present, isn't really a great guy, and has mistreated her to ways that maybe her expectations are just a little low, is what I'm going to say, I can truly say that because I've known this person a long time, I have heard a ton of stories, now I see this person the other day, and when I see him, they have a different glow about they have a different excitement about them. And ladies and gentlemen, usually when I see a woman and she got a different glow about her, either she just got some D or there's some potential D that has entered her life. And that was the type of glow she had. She had the, she had the new D glow. And ladies and gentlemen, that was what it was. I asked I said, yo, what's going on? Are you good, man? We ain't talked in a while. How's everything going? What's up? Fill me in. And she immediately started. Proudly. I got a new boo. I got a new boo. Not only do I got a new boo, BC, but he is flying out here to spend the weekend with me. And of course, right away, I asked, oh, he's flying out. Well, where does his brother live? You know, I'm thinking maybe, you know, we're in Connecticut, so I'm thinking maybe, you know, he's in South Carolina, North Carolina, maybe even Maryland, maybe somewhere in DMV, somewhere that, you know, is rather close. Somewhere that would be like a reasonable distance to start a new relationship. And she says, oh, he's flying in from Jamaica. And for me, immediately, that would be a red flag. But not everybody's red flag is another person's red flag, right? So I said, oh, okay, he lives in uh, another country. Okay, okay, well, well, how did you meet? And she says, oh, well, it's, it's, it's complicated, it's complicated. And I said, oh, okay. You know, I got time, I ain't going nowhere. Yo, what's, what, what's up? She says, Well, he's my cousin's husband's best friend. I said, Oh, okay. Well, like, how did y'all like were y'all like had a function together, Jimmy? No, nah, no, nah, we've never actually met in person before. He seen me from a picture at my cousin's house. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, she said that this man discovered her from a picture. At some other person's home, I guess this brother saw a picture of her at her cousin's house and said, wow, you need to introduce me to her. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that's not something that's too outrageous. Sometimes that happens. People have met in stranger ways. But it was something that was very interesting to me that was like, oh, my goodness. Off of a picture, he was really pressed to meet her. And that's how she described it was that this dude was really like, I got to meet her. 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 But like I said, my friend's excited. She seems happy. She seems overjoyed. And I am not here to judge. So I continue to listen. I say, okay. So you guys have never met before. This is a stranger that's coming to see you. Interesting. Interesting. Where where is he staying? Oh, well, he's staying with me. He couldn't really afford a hotel, so he's going to stay with me. But that's okay because I want us to spend time together can't afford a hotel Lives in Jamaica flying to the US maybe would be a red flag to some people but not to her not to her she was fine with it she understood and like I said she wanted the quality time anyway so you know what better for her stay with me she says and she's happy about it at least She's not flying out to him, right? At least he's coming to her. There's really no loss in it, right? Unless he's like a serial killer or something. And she's welcoming a serial killer in the house. But she doesn't feel that that's the case. Because like she said, this is her cousin's husband's best friend. She feels like she knows the guy. See, so he feels like there's a connection there. This isn't just some stranger, what she tells me. This isn't just like some blind date. It's different. He's essentially family. And he's Jamaican. Jamaicans live by a different creed. He... He is humble he has morals it's just different everything will be okay and I said oh okay great you know awesome man happy for you and then she continues to tell me more I said oh okay well because like I said I know my my friend has a son and I said oh, okay so 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 where's little man gonna be like you know where's he gonna be at well he wants to meet my son because he has two kids of his own now, by no means is that a red flag, because I do think that it's probably a lot easier when you have kids to be with somebody that has children, right? It's, especially when you're that age, because these are older people. These are people that are in their mid-30s, at least I thought. Because then he says, oh, he has kids. And I said, oh, okay, so how old is he? Is he all about the same age? Oh, no, he's 47. Now, that might not sound crazy to some people, because maybe I have some listeners that are older than 47 or getting close to it. But this young lady is 34 years old. Another red flag for me. Another red flag. That is like a substantial difference in age. A substantial difference. So now, not only is this brother looking for love in Connecticut when he lives in Jamaica, which is probably one of the most romantic places on earth, but he's also almost 50 years old and has not found love. So now I'm a little like, now I'm a little up in my seat, right? Now I have a few questions. I said, oh, okay, so how young are his kids, like how old are his kids, like they must be a little older, he's so old, well she said, yeah, well, one of them's like a teenager, but then he has another one that's younger, and I said, oh, okay, younger, like, like how much younger, like, you know, because she has a son that's about like six or seven, and I'm like, okay, so he's like little man's age, I'm like, she said, no, he's a little younger than that, and I could tell by her tone already that she was a little comfortable, telling me the age but at this point i'm locked in i'm invested i I, I love the story at this point i'm already contemplating how i'm gonna tell y'all all all this on the pod so i ask i said how old is this young child she said seven months this baby is seven months old his youngest child is seven months old another red flag immediately another red flag immediately because immediately i say well where is this child's mother seven months seven months well, how long have you been talking to this brother? Because that was, should have been something I asked from Jump. But she was so excited. And she was already having him come over. I figured they had been talking for a while. She said, oh, we've been speaking for three weeks. Another red flag. Another red flag, ladies and gentlemen. Three weeks? Three weeks you've been talking to this brother. And he has a seventh month old. So that means four weeks ago, he could be. With the child's mother, right? That's what I'm saying. This is what I'm acting because at this point, I'm invested, like I said, right? I'm concerned for my friend. I'm concerned for her child. This is a a stranger with a seven-month-old flying, leaving his seven-month-old to come see you and spend time with you. This just sounds crazy. So immediately I ask, well, where's the child's mother? What happened with him and the child's mother? Oh, well, she passed away in July. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not even November yet. Let's talk about that. That's like five months. You're saying his wife passed away? Yeah, well, it's not like they got divorced like that. She was she was very sick. She had some sort of disease, and she passed away from it. And he didn't want to waste any time because he is older, and he immediately went out. So, yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about a man that found... A young lady, not through social media, not through a dating app, that found a young lady through a picture in somebody else's crib. Pursued her relentlessly until she finally responded. All during this time, he was actually married. And wife was on her deathbed, apparently. And this is the brother she has coming over to her crib that she has known for three weeks. But she swears up and down. This is a good brother Oh we talked every day We FaceTime every day I've met his kids Via FaceTime And all this time I'm hearing All of these red flags Left and right Left and right But I find myself Having a hard time Judging my friend And giving her advice And telling her This is a terrible idea Because Like I said before Her baby father Had messed up In so many ways That her expectations Were lower Than low Red flags didn't matter to her because she has been mistreated and abused emotionally for so long that even the slightest bit of positivity, a slightest glimpse of a good brother, all those red flags went out the window. She was saying things to me like, "Oh well, he takes such good care of his kids," and I was like, "Oh man, that's great!" Like, "Oh man, like blah blah, like how blah blah." Whoa, well. He doesn't really have his kids. He just sees them sometimes. And I said, okay, well, that's cool. You know, we all have different things. We all have different situations. But the mother isn't around, so who's watching the kids? Oh, the mom's family is watching the kids. Ooh, he's not watching his own kids? Oh, well, no, he's still trying to get his life in order. Another red flag. This brother's getting his life in order and trying to start a whole new relationship with you while going to a whole another country and leaving these kids behind. Another red flag. But because life had been so hard, dating had been so hard on this sister, those red flags did not matter to her at all. And ladies and gentlemen, we tend to do that in life a lot. When life kicks us, when we lose jobs, when we lose relationships, when we lose friendships, it seems to force us to lower our expectations for people that come after. Maybe we take less money for a job. Because we're scared that we'll lose a job that's maybe a risk but pays more. Maybe we'll stay in a terrible, toxic relationship because we are so scared to be alone. Maybe she treats you just a little better than the last girl did. Maybe he doesn't cheat on you as much as the brother before. So you ignore red flags over and over to your detriment. Because when you ignore things, when you ignore red flags, when you go against your moral compass, when you go against your non-negotiables, nine times out of ten, ladies and gentlemen, it's not going to work out in your favor. Because these things are non-negotiable for a reason. These are things we refuse to settle on. These are things that we have said hurt us physically, emotionally, mentally, or all of the above. But when bad things happen, Because they do, because bad things are always going to happen, right? That's life, That's, that's life right there, right? Obstacles happen, we've spoken about obstacles on many episodes When these bad things happen It tends to just dim our light We're a little less optimistic We believe in love just a little less We believe that we deserve all the things we've wished for and dreamed for Just a little less And if you're listening right now I beg of you to not let life's hardships dim your light. Do not fold on your non-negotiables. Do not ignore red flags because you fear that you don't deserve better. If you're listening to me right now, you do deserve better. If you're listening to me right now, do not bend on what you believe in. Y'all can say what y'all want about Kyrie Irving. You can say what you want about Dave Chappelle. They stand for what they believe in. That young comedian that took her life because so many people turned her backs on her. She stood for what she believed in. And y'all can judge people that decide to move by the beat of their own drum all you want. But I hold those... That stand in their morals. That stay with their moral compass. I hold those people to the highest of regard. And I hope you hold yourself to the highest of regard as well. Regardless of what you have been through. Do not be like my friend. Do not settle. When you see a ton of red flags heading your way. If you interviewing for that job. And they talking to you a little funny. They looking at you a little funny. You feeling a little funny. That's a red flag. Maybe that isn't for you. If you have a significant other that just doesn't treat you the way you really want to be treated, if you feel like there's more out there, don't settle. That's a red flag. You deserve more. You deserve better. Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 33. Episode 33 of my favorite podcast. Your favorite podcast, your mama's favorite podcast, the Out of Character Podcast. As always, I am your host. Thank you for allowing me to be here. Thank you for supporting me. Thank you for constantly showing me love. My name is Brian Colbert. My friends call me BC. You can call me BC too if you listen. If you're listening, we appreciate you for listening. If you're a first time listener, welcome. We hope you enjoyed the show. We hope you had a blast because I had a blast. If you're a returning listener, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for returning. We hope you're here for episode 34. We hope you're here for episode 50. We hope you're here for episode 100. Lord knows I will be here. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, God bless